Okay, good morning everybody. Today's daf is Babakama Daf Yud Aleph. We left off five lines from the bottom of the page on Daf Yud Amud Beis. We are at Amr Le Rav Kahana Le Rav. The last lines on the on uh, the last words on the line. Five lines from the end of the page. Today's year is sponsored once again by Dr. David Lander and honor his wife and children and Lila Nishmas, his mother, Golda Basimcha Shalom. And it's also sponsored once again by Daniel Sadian for the success of Klal Yisrael in these times and Hatzlacha for our soldiers and captives. They should all come back safely and quickly and accomplish their mission. Uh, we are going to discuss today the following. First, we're going to talk about who loses with the Pchas Nevela, meaning if, uh, if an animal dies, as uh, either in a case where you're mazik the animal, one, one person is mazik the other person, and the animal dies, and then the animal goes down in value after its death. So who loses that differential in, uh, in value? And also, who's responsible to actually fetch the Nevela? The Nevela may not be in a convenient location. It may be at the bottom of the bar. So who's responsible to pay to get that Nevela out of the bar? Then the Gemara is going to discuss whether a Mazik, a Ganav, a Gazlan, a, a Shoel, do they pay the full value of the item or just the differential between what it was and what it is? Meaning, I damage your car, so do I say that, uh, that because I've uh, ruined your car and I've totaled it, let's say, so now I have to pay for the entire value of your car? Or no, the parts of the car are worth something, so the, those, the, the, there's value to the the, uh, to, to the to the dead car right now, so I only have to pay for the difference between what the car was worth and what it what it is worth. Then the Gemara is going to have since in that context we're going to quote Ula Amar Lazar, The whole rest of the daf is going to quote six more statements of Ula Amar Lazar, but it's just uh, from all over the place, not Babakama related, only Ula Amar Lazar related, but really from uh, statements from all over the place. So let's begin five lines from the end of the page. On Daf Yud Amud Bey. So uh, Rav Kana asks the following: Amale Rav Kana Rav. Rav Kana says to Rav, just even knowing who the people are that we're talking about over here is a little bit confusing. Shita Mugvetzis points out that Rav Kahana, this Rav Kahana, is from the Amoraim at the end of the the period of Amoraim, whereas the Rav Kahana that the Gemara had quoted earlier, who darshins that Bailim Metaplim Benevela, based on the pasuk of Shomer Sachar, was uh, the Rav Kahana who lived in the beginning of the uh, period of Amoraim because the Gemara quotes him before Chizkiah, so he must have been earlier than, uh, than Chizkiah. And uh, Shittim Gretzis is Gores, instead of Lerav, it's Lerava, because Rav was in the Tchilas Yimei HaMoraim, and Rava was later. So, uh, so it's uh, unclear, it's difficult to get down exactly who's talking to who, but it's Rav Kahana says to somebody, either Rav or Rava, Elataima, the Kasarachman of Amesi Elo. The reason you say that by the Metapel Benevela, that the reason that we say that the Nizik is the one that uh, uh, that has to uh, take the nevela as part of the uh, the payment, and the mazik only has to pay the differential between the value of the nevela and the value of what it was. Is because the pasuk says vamesielo, but the implication is halav hachi. Had the pasuk not said vamesielo, havamina nevela demazik havya, then the assumption would have been <coughs> that the nevela is the mazik's problem. That if my animal damages or kills your animal. 
I have to take the nevela and I just have to pay you the full value of your animal in cash. So Frekta Gemara or Frekta Rav Kahana to Rav, that doesn't make any sense because let's say I have a bunch of trefos and altogether those trefos are worth the amount of damage done. I could pay you with trefos. Because it says in the Parsha of Bar when it says Kesef Yashav Labalov we darshin Yashiv L'Rabel Shava Kesef Afilu Suvin I could pay you in Shava Kesef I could pay you even the cheapest of uh, of metaltolin, uh, even soup and even bran. So didemi buy you. So of course I could pay if I could pay you in in trefos, I could pay you in nevelos. So I should be able to pay you partially with your nevelo. Why should I be responsible? to take care of your nevela. Now this kasha, the rush points out, is only according to Rav Papa and Rav Hunabred of Yeshua, who had said on Daf uh, Zayinam and Beis, that kolam metaltalin is considered metav, and therefore the mazik l'chachila is allowed to pay with nevelos that he happens to have. But according to Rav Huna, who we learned on yesterday's Daf, who says, O kesef, O metav means that l'chadchila, a mazik has to pay cash, and if he doesn't have cash, then he's got to pay karka, but he should not pay metaltalin, so then it's not really a kasha, because the mazik does not have the right to just take any nevelos he has lying around the house and paying. So this is only a kasha, not like uh, the uh, the shita that we learned yesterday of Ravuna. It's only a kasha if you assume that a mazik in general is allowed to pay with whatever metaltalin he happens to have around. So, uh, but still, according to those opinions, it's a kasha. Why would you, how could there even be a havamina that the mazik is the one that has to worry about the nevela if after all the mazik could pay in nevelos entirely? So it says, well, nevela. No, the issue over here is not whether partial payment can be made with the nevela itself. It's what if the nevela went down in value from the moment it was killed until right now. Who suffers that loss? That's the whole the, the whole issue. That the mazik uh, only pays the difference between the 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 cost of a living shard and the nevela bishas misa. So says nevela tanaihi. Maybe we could say that the issue of pchas nevela of who uh, who takes the, who bears that loss is really a machlokas tanaim because we have a machlokas tanaim that can best be explained to really be about pchas nevela. Ditanya, we have a brisa that says as follows. The pasuk says when it comes to shomer sachar who's supposed to be guarding an animal, and uh, the behemoth became a trefa, im tarof yitarev yivye'u eid. So the chamdarshin, yavi eidim shenitrofa ba'ones. He has to bring eidim that it happened ba'ones, and therefore upater, he's going to be potter, because the shomer sachar is potter on onsim, if an ones happens. So the item that he's watching, he's not going to have to pay. Abishol omer, yavi aduda. No, it means he's got to bring the nevela libezdin in order to bezdin, for bezdin to be able to evaluate what the nevela is worth. So my love, what is the machlokas over here? What are they arguing about? What are they even talking about? So the Marsavar must be that Abishol holds pchas nevela denizikavi. The, the devaluation of the nevela from the time it died till the time of Hamad Bedin is, is, is something that the nizik has to bear. The nizik meaning the, uh, the mafkid, he's the one that loses out. And therefore if the shomer was posheya and therefore the animal became a trefa and the shomer therefore would have to pay, he brings the nevela to Bezdin before it goes down in value in order to know how much it's worth at the Shas Misa so that he could pay the difference between what it's worth at the Shas Misa and what it's worth right now. 
Umar Savar, but the Tanakamu does not darshan that your Yavi Adu Dolabezdin, he must hold the Mazakavi, that the Pachas Nevela, anyway, the Mazak is going to be the one to lose out, and the Shomer that was Poshea uh, loses the Pachas Nevela. So there's no need to bring the Aduda to Bezdin, there's no need to bring the Nevela to Bezdin, because it doesn't make any difference how much the Nevela is worth. However much it goes down, he's going to lose out anyway. So you don't have to see how much it's worth right now at, uh, at this moment. So right here, the Rashba point out the Gemara could ask, what's the Tanakama going to do with the three Pesukim that we had in yesterday's daf that teach us Pachas Nevela Denizik? Because uh, to, to, in order to teach us that the Mazik is able to pay, you don't need a Pasuk, uh, like Rav Kana asked Rav. But since uh, the, we're not going to stick with this understanding of the Machlokas Tanayim anyway, Lamaskana, so the Gemara doesn't ask that. The Gemara instead says, nah, you're misunderstanding the Machlokas Tanayim. Look, the Kuli Alma Denizik. Everyone holds Pachas Nevela is Denizik, that Denizik has to deal with the Pachas Nevela. Over here, the machlokas is who has to be toreach to bring the nevela from the place that it died. That Abishal holds it's the mazik's problem to fetch the nevela, and that's what it means, yavi aduda, that you're the one that actually has to physically bring it to be toreach to bring the nevela. And the Tanakhama says, no, the nizik is the one that has to fetch the nevela. And the Gemara says, Vatanya, and in Taka we have a brisa that says, just like Abishal, that sha'al bal habor, lahalo shor mi. How do I know that the mazik, the bal habor, has to fetch the shor out of his bar? That aside from the tashlum of the actual of the actual nezik payment, the mazik also has to return to the nezik the actual nevela and get it out of his bar to uh, to bring it. The rush points out that the nizik, that means the nezik has to has to uh, hire workers to bring the nevela from the bar, and the mazik will pay for those workers. Meaning that uh, that the nizik will uh, will. When we say that it's the responsibility of the nizik, it doesn't mean that it's the financial responsibility of the nizik. It means it's the tircha responsibility of the nizik. But the mazik ultimately is going to pay for those workers. The Rambam in Hilchas Nizke Mamun Perak Zayin, whoever writes, "Ala mazik litroach benevela ad shemamtsi osa lenizik keitzan kigon shenaf al ashar lebar v'meis mala nevela min abar v'nosno lenizik." Sounds like the mazik has to be toreach in bringing the nevela. Also, he can't just write a check afterwards, that it's the mazik's responsibility to actually bring the nevela, which is different than what the rush says. The rush says, no, the nizik will have the responsibility, the mazik will have the financial responsibility. The Ramam seems to be saying, no, the mazik has everything. He's the one that has to hire the workers also, and, th- and not only pay for the uh, the workers. So, uh, so so ask the Gemara, why do I need a pasuk to teach me that the toreach of the nevela is the mazik's responsibility? This pasuk that teaches me that the mazik has to pay for the tareach nevela, what exactly is the case? That if when it's in the bar it's worth one zuz, and once you get it out of the bar it's worth four zuz, I need a pasuk when he's tareach to bring the nevela out, it's for his own uh, benefit. So uh, because he's going to end up paying less because now the nevela is worth more. So of course it's the mazik's responsibility to get the novella out of there. So I'm um
Armelay, Rava says back to Havai, Lod Sricha, the Bevirish Avizuzava Gudanami Shavizuza. No, the case is it's worth the same amount out of the bar as it is in the bar. So now it's a Chiddush to tell me that the Mazik has to pay the expense of getting it out of the bar, even though he gains nothing from getting it out of the bar, even though he gains no financial benefit from getting it out of the bar, because it's not worth any more out of the bar. Says Maramika Kiagabna, how does that even make sense that it's not worth any more out of it? Meaning, if the Nevela has no use in the bar, the only use you can get from it is out of the bar, and it costs money to get it out of the bar. How does the uh, the, the cost of shipping, you know, or of moving it, not uh, get factored into the price of the novella? So the Gemara gives this cryptic answer in the Hamri and she people say that somehow uh, when you buy. Uh, a beam in a in a city, it's sold for a zuz, and when you buy it out in the field, it's also sold for uh, for a zuz. And uh, even though you're going to end up having to bring it to the city to use for construction, it's just uh, you know that's just the way pricing works. That people look at the item and they don't they don't always take into account all of the expenses that are uh, that 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 are that are going to have to be incurred in transporting the item. So yeah, it could be that people would pay uh, zuz for a novella in a bar the same way they'd pay a zuz for a novella outside of the bar. Okay. Okay, so now we've discussed as far as Nizikin is concerned that uh, that that the the nevela belongs to the nizik and the mazik only has to pay the differential, right? The difference between what the nevela is worth and what it used to be worth when it was alive. What about other areas of halacha where someone is responsible to pay? What if you have a ganav who's responsible to pay, a gazlan, a shoel, and there's a nevela left at the end of the story? So do they only pay the differential or do they pay the full amount? So Amar Shmuel. Ain shaman, we don't. This is a, a nezek thing. This halacha that the nezek uh, will receive the nevela as part of his payment, and the mazik will only have to write a check for the differential. Is that when you do damage? It's not true for a ganav. It's not true for a gazan. So if a person steals a behema or steals a kli, and the behema dies or the kli breaks, and therefore it's worth a lot less, we don't uh, have to assess how much it's worth broken. The mazik will just keep the kli and. He'll pay for the full value of what it was worth. But I say that we even do the, uh, the uh, that, that it's even true for a shoel. What's even true for a shoel? The Gemara is about to ask. And Abba is molded to me. Abba meaning Rav. What's the af going on? Are you suggesting that for a shoel you would also assess how much it's worth when in its broken state and you'd only pay the difference or are you suggesting that for a shoel you would not assess how much it's worth in its broken state and you have to pay the full amount so Tashma says Molo bring a raya someone borrowed an axe from his friend Tavra and he broke it he was Poshea and he broke it so he's a shoel so they came to ask Rav the Shaila you gotta go pay him the full value of the axe apparently we don't look at the broken pieces of the axe and take that into account and only make him pay the difference. We make him pay the full value. So it says, No, maybe from the fact that Rav Kadar Ravasi said to Rav, wait, is that really true? That you're going to have to pay the full value and not just the differential? And Rav kept quiet. He didn't answer to that. He didn't answer them. Maybe you see from there, from the fact that Rav was stumped and that really, uh, maybe you see from there, that really you do evaluate the broken pieces of the axe and you only pay the differential. 
So how do we paskin? Itmar, Amar Ula, Amar Rabbi Lazar, Shaman Laganov, Ula Gazlan, that we even make the assessment of the broken pieces for a Ganov or a Gazlan. Rapapi Amar ain't Shaman. Rapapi says, we do not make such an assessment when it comes to a Ganov or a Gazlan. Vilchsa ain't Shaman, Lola Ganov, Velola Gazlan, Avalashovel Shaman, Kedrav Kanav Ravasi. But for Shovel, we are Shaman. So it turns out at the end of the day, the Gemara seems to be saying that the Allah is when it comes to a Nezek and when it comes to a Shoel, we're going to take into account how much the broken item is worth and you only pay the differential. Whereas when it comes to a... uh when it comes to a, uh, a ganav or a gazlan, then you just pay the full, uh, the full amount and we don't assess the broken pieces. A lot of times people make the mistake, meaning uh, if let's say I, uh, I'm poshaya and I, uh, I'm mazik your car, I bump into your car or something, so people think that the achrayas uh, of what I have to, let's leave insurance out of it, that complicates matters in halacha, but people think that my responsibility is to pay to fix it. It's not really true. The responsibility is to pay the difference in value between what your car was worth before I dented it and what it's worth now, which often is much, much less than the actual cost of a uh, of a repair. So, uh, you know, a lot of times people ask Shilas and they don't like the answers because uh, you end up uh, not really having to pay as much as you would think you have to pay because we, we do, we do, we're shoving the, uh, even if I total your car, we take into account the value of the broken pieces. I don't have to pay for an entirely new car. Again, insurance, uh, you know, changes the, the equation a little bit, but leaving out insurance, that would be the technical, uh, the technical requirement I think. Um, okay, so now once we mention this statement of Ula Amr Ablazar, the Gemara now brings six more statements of Ula Amr Ablazar. So the first statement of Ula Amr Ablazar relates to Tumas Leida. The halach is that if a woman gives birth to the Pesukim and Chumash tell us in Parshat that if a woman gives birth to a baby boy, so she's Tameh for seven days and then Tahar for 33 days, even if there's a lot of uh, Dam during those 33 days, if she goes to the Mikvah after the seven days and she's Tahar for the next 33 days. A baby girl, uh, everything is doubled. Four 14 days and 66 days. What if a woman has a miscarriage and uh, they can't tell if the baby was a boy or a girl? So then we need to be machmir in both directions. We need to give her 14 days of tumma just in case it was a girl. And then, but the, you, may, you may tahara run out 40 days after the event of the miscarriage. What if some of the placenta comes out on, on Sunday and a little more comes out on Monday? So I'm not sure exactly when to start counting. Do I start counting on Sunday? Do I assume that's when the rove Vlad came out? Or do I start counting on Monday? So that's the topic of what Ula Amr Ablazar is about to teach us. V'amar Ula Amr Ablazar. Shilya shiatsa miktsasa biyom rishon or miktsasa biyom sheni. What if some of the shilya came out on Sunday and some came out on, on Monday? So we're choshesh that, that in the sum that came out on Sunday, maybe rove of the Vlad came out and therefore it's already considered a leida already starting from Sunday. So we count the 14 days of Tumah from that Sunday and any taros that she touches on that Sunday are tame, even if uh, she didn't see any dam in the Shulia because it's a Leida. Amalei Rava, so Rava says, wait a second, madateich, what, you're going to be metame her starting from Sunday? Will you think you're going l'chumra by doing that? That ultimately is going to lead to a kula because the sooner you start the Yemei Tumah, the sooner you end the Yemei Tumah. So what if two weeks later she touches Taras again to come to Taras Rishon. You're going to be Matar 14 days starting from that Sunday and, uh, and and it could be that Rova the Vlad only came out on Monday and really the Yemei Tumah should have started should have started then. 
Ella Amar rather Rava said, Lachush, to be Choshesh, that maybe Rova the Vlad came out on Yom Rishon, Chosheshes. That we're Choshesh for, and therefore anything she touches on Sunday is Tamei Misafik. But Mimna, Lomimanya, Ella Lasheni. But as far as when the Yemei Tumah run out, that we're only going to start counting from the second of the two days from the Monday, because it could be that the Leda happened on that day. So I asked Mark, Mike Hamashmalan, what's Ula teaching me? That we're Choshesh to be Metame Taros already from Yom Rishon? What's the big chiddush? below Vlad. The ulas being mechadesh, and even if only some of the shulia came out, there's definitely Vlad in that shulia. And the only thing we don't know is it rov havlad that came out uh, in that mix of shulia, and therefore it's considered a leda, or is it only miut of the Vlad that came out in that shulia, and therefore it's not considered a leda? If you were able to have mix of shulia come out without any Vlad, meaning if some shulia came out on Sunday, and there's the possibility that that zero percent of the Vlad came out with that uh, placenta, then I wouldn't be choshesh to be metame things already on that Sunday, because that would involve a double chumrah. Number one, it would involve an assumption that there is any amount of Vlad, and number two, it would involve an assumption that that any amount is the rove of the Vlad. The way the simple reading is uh, that that means it's a svek sveka, that uh, meaning if it were possible for mitzvah shulia to come out without any Vlad, then it would be a svek sveka and we would have been metaher. Suffolk, maybe there's no Vlad, and even if there is Vlad, maybe Maybe it's less than Rova the Vlad, and we would have been Metahir. However, Tosus in Dibra Maschil De'ain says that that's problematic to employ a Svek Sveka over here, because the Mishnah in the sixth paragraph of Meseches Taros writes that even a Svek Sveka of Tumah Bereshosh is going to be Tameh. Meaning when we, we say Suffolk Tumah Bereshosh is Tameh, it's Afilu Besvek Sveka. And Bereshosh Rabim, even a Suffolk Echad, is going to be Tahar. So therefore, Tosa says that Ula does not mean Svek Sveka, but rather what he means to say is um, about, an, an, meaning he does mean to say Svek Sveka, but not about her Tumah status, but about her Isra status to her husband. And with a single Suffolk or Machmir, or the Svek Sveka or Mekil, because when it comes to need. Uh, when it comes to a woman's Tumah as far as her husband is concerned, that doesn't follow the rules of Tumah and Tahara, that follows the rules of Isr Vaheter. And by Isr Vaheter, we say, right? We don't say, is it's an entirely different set of rules. Rabbi Yosef Engel has a whole shtickle on this, uh, whether Nida is considered, Nida Labayla is considered to be Isr Vaheter, or it's considered to be uh, Tumah Vatara. And he brings a Raya from the Gra, from the Gra's understanding of him that it must be Isr Vaheter because the Pasuk says, Bein Dam Ladam, Bein Din Ladin, Bein Nega Lenega. And the Gra explains that that's referring to the three areas of Torah where we have different rules with regard to Suffolk. Uh, din Ladin is the easy one, that's about Dine Mamanus. So, Dine Mamanus, what do you do with the Suffolk? Either a Moti Mechavera Lafaraya, a Moment of Motobu Savicholk, and according to Sumchus, that's Dine Mamanus. Bein Nega Lenega, that's Tumavatara. Negaim is certainly Tumavatara. What do you do with the Suffolk Tumavatara? Vatara, Savitum Rishos Yachin is Tameh, Savitum Rishos Rabin is Tahar. Bein Dam Ledam is referring, the Gra says, to Isr Vaheter, to like uh, Sveikos about Basar Nevela and Basar Trefa, Isr, regular Isr Vaheter. But what's it talking about? What kind of Dam? Dam Nida apparently is 
and the rule by Yisr is so that's the raya that when it comes to Nida Labayla we don't view that as Tum and Tahara we view that as Yisr as Yisr um, the, uh, so that's the um, that, that, that's how, how the uh, how, how, how the, the Tosos understands now Tosa Rosh is Metarit for Rashi that Dafka by Tumas Maga are we Machmir even on a Svek Sveka but Tuma Yotzim Gufo we're not Machmir on a Svek Sveka because it's not similar to Sota. The whole idea of Savi Tumar is derived from Sota um, because uh, the, the Tumas, Tumas Ma, uh, um, Maga is uh, the, of, of the Boel. So it's not considered, that's where we say Savi Tumar But Tumar Yotzelav Migufo has nothing to do with Sota and could not be derived from, uh, from, from Sota. Um, the, uh, the, the, okay, so. Uh, um, uh, the, the, yeah, there, there is a okay. We'll, we'll leave it there. There's a lot of sveikos you can stay in forever. So, uh, so says the Gemara uh, Vaiter. So uh, the Gemara asks, why does Ula have to tell me that Ein mixes shulia below Vlad? Tanina, I already know that Ein mixes shulia below Vlad. That if some of the shulia comes out, that there must be Vlad in the uh, shulia. So shulia sheyatsa mktsasa asura bachila. That if let's say shulia of a behema, some of the shulia came out of the behema before the shkita. A little bit of background over here. The halacha is that if you shech the behema, the shechita works for whatever's inside that behema. But if you have a uh, behema that gave birth before its shechita, even if some parts of the baby are still inside of the behema, so then that uh, those parts of the baby are not mutter with the shechita of the behema. So what if some of the shilya came out before the shechita? So what about the shilya that's left inside? What about the parts that are still inside the behema? So asura ba'achila. The shilya is asura ba'achila, even that which is is still left inside because shilya is simon vlad biisha. It's vaday that uh, there's uh, that, 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 that that there's a vlad in the shilya of an isha and simon vlad bebehema. And the same is true by behema. So when some of the shilya came out before the shechita, since in that some of the shilya there is some amount of vlad, we have to be choshesh that maybe it's the rove of the vlad and therefore it's, uh, the, the vlad was already born and be it sias rubo, it's already considered to be fully born and therefore that vlad is not because can become mutter with the shechita of the mother. So you see that there's uh, no mixed shulia below vlad. Every time there's mixed shulia, there's automatically vlad. Because if you could say that mixed shulia below vlad, that sometimes you'll have shulia come out without any vlad, I wouldn't have asked the whole shulia because it would be a svek sveka. Maybe in that mixed that came out, there's no vlad. And even if in the mixed that came out, there was vlad, maybe it was only minority of the vlad and not a majority of the vlad and it's not, not a, uh, a leda. So we would have said svek sveka. Elamai, this teacher this brisa, this Mishnah rather, is already assuming that Ein Mitzvah Shulia below Vlad, which begs the question, what's Ula teaching me? So it says, Mar, Imi Masnisi, no, if I only would, would have learned from that Mishnah, Hava Amina, then the, uh, then the assumption would have been, the Hava Amina would have been, Diyesh Mitzvah Shulia below Vlad, that Ein Achinami, you can have Mitzvah Shulia below, below Vlad, and the Meikra Adin, only the Mitzvah Shulia that came out would be Asr Ba'achila, but the rest of the Shulia that's inside would be Mutter Mitzvah the fact that we asked the entire shulia in that Mishnah is a gzeira, that, uh, that we made a gzeira, that if part of the shulia came out, you're not allowed to eat the part that remains in, 
Atu case of where Kala Shulia comes out because uh, since by Kala Shulia there's definitely Vlad there so uh, even if it went back in it doesn't become Mutter B'Shchita Se'em so when Mixas Shulia comes out they made a Gzeira so Kamash Vlad that's why Ula has to tell me that no it's not based on Gzeira it's based on the reality that ain't Mixas Shulia below Vlad that if some Shulia comes out there's got to be some Vlad and therefore you only have one suffix. was it Rova the Vlad or was it not Rova the Vlad and with one suffix, you're going to need to be machmir. So that was statement number one of Ula Amar Ablazer that's outside of Babakama. Now we have five more statements of Ula Amar Ablazer. Statement number two, Va'amar Ula Amar Ablazer. Again, we're just on, on totally different topics. Bechar Shinitra Petok Shalashim Yom. Let's say you have a firstborn uh, human being, a firstborn child, a firstborn baby boy that became, uh, Rahman al was killed within 30 days of being born. Ein Podino. So you do not do Pidyon Aben. We don't say that as soon as he's born, the Chiv of Pidyon Aben uh, kicks in, um, and uh, you don't have to do Pidyon Aben. Chein Tani Rami Barchama Mitok Shenemar, because the pasuk says that Pado Tifteh as Bechara Adon, the pasuk says. So the double lashon tells me You might think that he's Chayiv in Pidyon even if he gets killed within thirty days. Tamalomar Ach. The double lashon might have indicated that even if the baby Rachman son is killed within thirty days, you have to do Pidyon. That's why the pasuk says Ach, which is lashon miot. Chilek, that tells me that not every baby needs Pidyon Aben, so if the Bukhar is narrow within 30 days, he's part of from Pidyon. Rashi points out that if the Bukhar were to just die on his own, I meaning he dies of illness or whatever, he doesn't make it, Rachman al to 30 days, so then it's Pasha that he's part of from Pidyon because it was a Nafel. And uh, the Pasha says, so, uh, But when it's Neherag, the Hava Mina is that it, there's no indication that it's a Nafel. If it was Neherag, then it was something that happened to the baby. There's no indication that there was. Uh, that the baby was unhealthy, some sofa writes that you don't patter a nerag uh, on, on account of maybe it was a nefil and motzi mechavira because you have a chazaka that comes mikach rov that rov nashim yoldos vladoshein of nefil that rov nashim will give birth to a baby that's not a nefil so that's why I need a drasha from pasuk tell me not to do pidyon ben meaning naturally I would have assumed I would not have said oh it's a suffik nefil and I'm patter meaning by pidyon ben we follow dine mamanis. Because it's it's the uh, ikker uh, a payment that's made to the kohen. So whether you're chayiv or pater from pidyon aben is a dine mamanis shaila. So normally when you have a suffix pidyon aben, we just say okay, so you don't do a pidyon aben. It's actually a discussion in post, and that's why we have the shaila comes up all the time. Someone has a, uh, a miscarriage on their first pregnancy, and then on the second pregnancy they have a baby boy, um, and the miscarriage was at a stage where it's not so clear that it was uh, that there was a full. Uh, Tzura Savlad already at the at the at the uh, at the stage of the miscarriage. So what do you do? So some posts can say do a pidyon without a bracha that uh, because it's a suffix. So at least do the pidyon, but savi brachos lahakel. Rav Shefta tells no. The Motzi Mechavera Lavaraya. We follow Dine Mamnes when it comes to pidyon aben. So unless you know for sure that it's chayv and pidyon, it's going to be part of from pidyon. That that's the way we would normally uh, we would normally paskin to follow uh, to follow, again discussion in the poskim. But that's the way we follow uh, we follow Dine Mamnes. There is a discussion whether the same is true as far as the thirty day uh, thing when it comes to Tainus Bechorim. You know the Shvus Yaakov has a tshuva where a bechor was born on Lel Yudal Nisan. Does the father have to fast the next day on Erev Pesach? Because he wasn't born before Erev Pesach, before Yudal Nisan started. So maybe he's not chayiv to, uh, to fast. So he writes that those that are born after Chatzos Halayla, the father does not have to fast because the whole idea of the Tainus was to celebrate uh, the fact that the, uh, 
that the Bechorei Yisrael were spared from Makas Bechorus, which happened at Chatzos Alayla. Granted, it's the next night, but uh, but nevertheless, uh, the, uh, the that, that's what it's a Zecher to. So uh, so it would all depend on whether it was born or, uh, before or after Chatzos. So the Karban Asanel and the Sechus Pesachim writes, another reason he says that the father doesn't have to fast because if the Ben is not 30 days old, he's not Yotzei Mecheskas Nefel. The father anyway doesn't have to fast. Uh, just like by Pidina Ben, that it should follow the same rules as Pidina Ben. So a lot of the other posts can say, no, it doesn't follow the same rules as Pidina Ben because it's not about being a Nefel. It's about whether it would be subject to, uh, to Makas Becharos. Okay, now a third statement of Ula Amar Ablazar. Vi Amar Ula Amar Ablazar. Behema Gasa, Niknes B'Meshicha. If you have a very large animal, a shor, a chamar, or something like that, not, not a sheep or a goat, so then the, the way to be Kona it is by pulling the behema from the Rishos of the Mocher. Ay, Vanon Tanan, but didn't we learn in Meseches Kiddushin that behema Gasa is Niknes B'Mesira, that the Bible gives it to the Lokeach, you don't need, not only with Meshicha, from the Rishos of the Mocher, says the Gemara, Reb Lazar, says that you need to do a Meshicha, who Tana? He's assuming like the following Tana, Ditanya V'chamomrim Zovazo, both a behema Daka and a behema Gasa B'Meshicha, are Niknes B'Meshicha, V'Rabi Shimon Omer, Zovazo, Behagbaha, that they're both uh, acquired by lifting the animal, not B'Meshicha and not B'Mesira. So Rabbi Elazar is assuming, like the sheet of the Chachamim, when he says, Behem Agas is Niknes B'Meshicha, because the Chachamim were the ones that said, Zovazo, B'Meshicha. Okay, so it turns out to be a machlok as how to acquire a Behem Agasa. Statement number four of Ula Amir Ablazar. Vamur Ula Amir Ablazar. Ha'achin Shechalku. If brothers divide the estate of their father, Masha Alehen Shaman, whatever clothing they're wearing, if that clothing was purchased from the estate prior to the division of the estate, meaning uh, the father died and everyone bought themselves a new wardrobe, wardrobe uh, before they figured out who's going to get what. But they just uh, wrote it from the, from the checking account of the father's estate. So they have to assess that. If someone bought himself a you know, $2,000 suit and someone else bought himself a $10 uh, you know, t-shirt, so uh, they have to even that out later. So mashal but whatever they bought for their children from the estate ain't shaman. That they don't have to assess because uh, they, we don't bring kids to Beisdin in order to assess their clothing. That's a bizayon, and therefore we assume, Tulsus points out, that they're mochel that. Even though it's not shava b'shava, we assume that they would be mochel something. Then Tulsus quotes the name of the riff that dafka big day chol is ein shaman, but big day shabbos we would be shaman. That even the children's big day shabbos you'd assess, and the rush writes, because the big day shabbos you could bring the begadim without the kids. The big day chol, if it's uh, Beisdin's only open on a weekday, so big day chol, they're going to be wearing their big day chol. You have to realize, meaning they had two sets of clothing. There was Shabbos clothing and there was weekday clothing. So weekday clothing it means they, it means they wore that all week. So it would involve bringing the kids to Basin unless the kids were going to be naked for a day while you brought their kid, the, the clothing to Basin. But Shabbos clothing you could bring to Basin on a weekday. Rabbi Nechanan writes, no, no, no. The reason we're not Shaman Big Day B'neim is because the, the, the children already acquired them before the Chalukah. Because if the, the other brothers didn't make a Macha'a when you were going shopping for your kids, so we assume that that's already acquired. And Therefore, it's bain big day Shabbos, bain big day chol. So that's maklokas. Whether big day Shabbos, whether this statement is true of big day Shabbos as well. Amra papa pa'amim af masha aleyanein shamin. Sometimes we don't even assess the value of the clothing that the children themselves are wearing, that the yorshim themselves are wearing. How, how so? When would we not uh, take that into account? Mishkachas of the If it's the gadol of the brothers, the oldest of the brothers, who's involved in uh, representing the father's business interests, meaning if 
he's going to be doing the business, uh, people have to respect him. So he has to be dressed in a respectable manner that people will pay attention to him. And that's considered a business expense. So if uh, he's running the father's business, whatever business expenses uh, need to be, uh, you know, are needed to run the business, that doesn't count as his personal, uh, his personal Yerusha. So if he has to be dressed nicely to run the business, that doesn't count as his personal Yerusha. Now statement number five of Ulam Rablazar. Shomer Shemasr Shomer. If someone was charged with guarding an item and he gave that item to another shomer without asking the mafkid for permission to do so. The mafkid asked me to watch it. I don't have time or uh, patience or whatever. So I decide to give it to somebody else to watch. Potter. So the first shomer is potter from anything that's going to happen to the, uh, to the, to the object as long as it's uh, the kind of thing that I would have been potter for anyway had it happened under my watch. Meaning if, uh, uh, the, if, if uh, a, you know, something that's not a pshia happens and I would be potter, uh, so then the, the, if, if that happens when someone else is watching it, I'm also potter. And this is not only true if I was a shomer chinam and I, and I upgraded the shmira, I gave it to a shomer so that I gave it to a shomer who has greater responsibilities that the shomer chinam doesn't uh, is not moser nafsho so much in order to be shomer the bikadon because he's only chayiv in pshia whereas the shomer sacher is chayiv in gneva aveda as well he's going to be much more careful in the way he guards it so then it's mistaver that the first shomer is going to be potter because Adrab I did you a favor I upgraded uh, I upgraded it what happens if it's taka gneva aveda so the first shomer should be potter if it were gneva aveda so the second shomer is going to be chai. who does he pay does he pay the first shomer uh, or does he pay the uh, the original guy so Tosus writes that he pays the bailim because the halacha is like Rabbi Yossi in Mesech's Bamatsia that a shomer is not allowed to make uh, money off of someone else's pikadon meaning a guy gave me a pikadon to watch as a shomer chinam I can't run a business where I'm giving it to someone else as a shomer sacher and now the, I'll make the money off of the Gnev Vaveda no it goes back to the original bailim but not only in that case is the shomer pater ela afilu shomer even if I downgraded the Shmira, I was a Shomer Sacher and I gave it over to a Shomer Chinam to watch. Where it's a downgrade of the Shmira, Nami Potter, I'm still going to be Potter. Because part, I, all I have to do is Shmira. And Shmira involves giving it to a responsible person. So that's it. Even if the responsible person I'm giving it to doesn't have the level of responsibility that I have, but I did my Shmira. That is uh, one Shita. How, that's Ulam Rablazar. However, Rava Amar. Rava disagrees, and he says, Shomer, Shomer, If one Shomer gives to another Shomer, he's going to be Chayiv even Ba'onsin. Not only in a case where I've downgraded the Shmira by me being a Shomer Sacher, giving it to a Shomer Chinam, to grow a Gari the Shmira, so where I'm giving it uh, to someone who has less responsibility in the Shmira, even if I upgraded the Shemira. I gave it from a Shomer Chinam to a Shomer Sacher. Chayiv. I'm still going to be Chayiv in Onsim to Amar because the Mafkid could say to the Shomer At Mehem Nitli B'Shvua I believe, I trust you with the Shvua that you're not going to be Poshaya. Hayla Mehem Nitli B'Shvua but I don't trust that guy with uh, with the Shvua and therefore meaning it, it could be that you gave it to someone who has a higher level of Achrayus and a higher level of responsibility to watch it and all of that but that's irrelevant to me. I don't trust the other guy. I trust you and therefore you're not allowed to go and give it 
to someone that you don't know for sure that I trust. You don't know for sure that I'd be comfortable with that person watching it. Meaning, why am I not comfortable with him watching it? Because if it comes to taking a Shavua, I don't think anything that comes out of this guy's mouth is true. According to this, if the second Shomer is more trustworthy than the first Shomer, even Ravu would be moda that the second Shomer could be uh, could take a Shavua and they'd both be potter. That's what Tulsus writes. And the Rush adds, who Adin, if the first uh, Shomer sees that, one, that, that how the onus happened or that there are Adim uh, to, to the onus, so even according to Rava, the first one would be uh, would be Pater because he could be the one to take the Shavua, meaning if he knows exactly what happened, so all you need to do is take a Shavua that there was an onus and he could be the one to uh, to, to take a Shavua. However, Tulsus quotes that Masaks Bamatsiya, the Gemara brings, that the reason we're of him is because he could taina ein ritzoni shia piktoni biyalacher. Ooh, that's a very different t- thing. Our Gemara is saying, you had no right to give it to that guy because I don't trust that guy's Shavua for anything. If it's all about the Shavua, so if he's a more trustworthy person, so then uh, then, then Yitaka would be Pater. Or if even the first Shomer could take the Shavua, you, then you're going to be Pater. But that's not the way the Gemara Bamatsiya says. The Gemara Bamatsiya says, not that I don't trust the Shavua, I don't trust his Shemira. Meaning you're not allowed to give my Pikadon to somebody that I don't want watching my Pikadon. So even if the Shomer, the second Shomer is more trustworthy, uh, that, that would not Pater the first uh, Shomer. Because with the very act of giving it to someone who I don't trust, who I'm not comfortable with you giving it to, that itself is problematic. And then the final statement of Ulav. Amar Ulam Rablazar. Hilchsa Govim Nenavadim. Allah is that uh, a Malva is allowed to collect his chov from the Evid Kanani that a Lova owns. Meaning, you owe me money, your Evid Kanani is worth something, I'm going to take your Evid Kanani. Amar Nachman Ulas from Nachman says to Ula, Amar Rablazar, Afilum Yasmi, this idea that you could be Gova Avadim, is that true that even from Yasomim, uh, meaning that, that he says that if the Lova dies and the Malva comes to collect, that it's even from Yasomim because he sells an Evid Kanani as the din of Karka, and you're allowed to collect Karka after the Lova dies. So he says, Lo, Mined, no, 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 not from Yasomim, only from the guy himself. Self. Well, if you're collecting from the guy himself, what's the chiddush? You're even allowed to collect from his clothing, so of course you're allowed to collect his avadim. So says Over here we're talking about where the lova made the evet into an aputiki to the malva. The lova says to the malva that the piron hachov is going to come from this evet, and then the lova sold the evet. So the malva is allowed to go to the guy who bought the evet and confiscate it. So that that's the chiddush that you're allowed to make an Evet and Apotiki, Kidarava, Damrava, Asa Avdu Apotiki, Umicharo, Balchov Gove Hemenu. That if you made an Evet in Apotiki and then subsequently sold it, the Balchov can collect from it. Shoro Apotiki, Umicharo, Ain Balchov Gove Hemenu. But if it's a Shar that was made into an Apotiki, the Balchov cannot be Gove. My time, Ha is Lekala, Ha less Lekala. And the difference is that when an Evet is sold, everyone knows uh, there's a call to it, so whatever word has to get out about its status and whether it was an Apotiki would get out, but when it comes to to Ushar, you don't have that same uh, that same call to the uh, to the sale. Okay, so um, tomorrow I don't know, we're probably not going to have a shear because of the bus to the uh, rally. But uh, everyone have a good day.